Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. I'm here with Daniel Parks. Daniel is in a new place. He yep. is in um, the land of uh, golden opportunity, right? You're in California. Yeah, or the land of fruits and nuts, they say. <laughs> well, that too. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and I'm I'm in North Carolina, so we are we're recording remotely um from each other. Yes, we and, are. And uh but we we do intend to continue with our podcast Daniel. We'll be out there for what? 3 3 months at yeah, this point is the what the, the gig is. Okay. Yeah. And um and you are out there working with our national missionaries out yeah, yeah, in, to, uh, just in California and uh, encourage those who are out here who are love life missionaries. They're doing the work. I want to support them mm-hmm. and encourage them. Some of these people, all of these people are brand new to this ministry and there's a lot of work to be done here. And just right. you guys know, my voice is, is terrible. I'm, I'm dealing with some <laughs> allergy stuff. Um, yeah. And I'd hoped coming out to California would change that, but apparently not. It seems like it might yeah. be a little worse. Yeah. But by God's grace, we'll make it through this. And, um, you know, we really feel like these podcasts are important. We get a lot of feedback from people, from our missionaries that are encouraged. Um, we touch on subjects that seem to be so timely. Like we yeah. did our, our podcast about um, what, what to do when an ambulance shows up. And I get an email like the next day from one of our um one of the local volunteers here in uh Riverside. Right. Like an ambulance just showed up yesterday and uh you know what you shared was really helpful. Also I got a an email from somebody I think in Florida who had the same thing around the same time and, and yeah. you know just actually had an interaction with a counselor or a uh, missionary this dealing with a woman that's going through miscarriage, and we just put out that yep. podcast last. Yep, week. exactly. That happened to me also this past <clears throat> week. Someone that one of the missionaries said she was going through that, and I was able to point them to that podcast. So um, yep. it is amazing how God kind of nudges us to yep. to do a subject, and um, and sometimes you all nudge us, and that's yep. how we decide what to yep. what to do a podcast about. That's the way so this one actually to say came about. That, um, struggling through with my voice and you guys struggling through to listen to my voice as terrible as it sounds, it, it's yeah. worth it. It's worth it to us. Yeah. And uh, even though through many dangers, toils and snares, <laughs> yeah, we record this podcast, uh, we think it's worth it. So. Right. Um, yeah. As you guys that are listening, you're worth it. And the gospel going forth is worth it. And babies being saved, mom's lives being impacted. Uh, impacted. It's worth it, guys. So we want to encourage you, and we hope this blessing or uh, this episode will be a blessing to you guys. Right, right. Yeah, and this episode, like so many of them, came about because someone um, mentioned it, uh, mentioned a situation where a service provider had come up to the abortion center, and they were curious about, what do you do? What do you say? And we're always so careful to train our volunteers that 
keep your focus. Your your ministry is the unborn child and that that mama because she has a life or death decision to make. Yeah. And one way or another, uh, by the end of the day, that child's either going to be alive or dead based on that mother's decision. So that's our ministry focus. But that doesn't mean that we ignore that are in the vicinity or even something that you would think maybe would be not as useful to interact with, such as the service providers. And by that, I, I don't mean the abortion workers, um, but, you know, the um, the DoorDash people or the the person delivering FedEx or um, are quite often the Uber drivers, which we see frequently, Uber and yeah. tax, taxi drivers. So um, we see them all the time. And the way that um, that we wanted to talk about this podcast is telling some stories. Stories are so powerful. And we've developed just a smattering of these are true stories of things that have happened mostly within the past year. Yeah. Some of them um, very recently. One of them happened just just last week or the week before of where a service provider and our interactions with them led to a baby being saved. And yeah. that is not infrequent. Yeah, and that, it's pretty that's amazing kinda, what the Lord does in these situations. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the the you know the very first point is of course stay focused on on your mission field. If if you see a mom going in, she's she is your focus. Yeah, now, if it's absolutely. an Uber or a taxi driver coming in, they're often transporting a mom. So your interaction with them is going to be heard by the mother, and and that is still keeping your ministry focused. But be careful about being so sidetracked, like thinking, oh, I got to talk to every service person that comes in that maybe you're missing moms. That would not be appropriate. Yeah. But um, the one that happened recently, um, I was not a part of this story. I, I was actually in the office when the counselor came in and, and told me about this story. But a taxi driver with a Hispanic couple in the back seat was driving slowly down the street. The driver stopped. It was a taxi driver, and he he stopped. I think it was a he. And um, the counselor that that he stopped for was actually one of our brand new counselors. And she is really only on the sidewalk a few weeks. And I'm sure she didn't feel like she knew what to say. I remember what it was like when I was brand new like that. But the first thing she said, and I think you'll notice this trend in all of the stories, is, did you know that this is an abortion center? Yeah, yeah. That's something we have to keep in mind because these Uber drivers quite often, like probably 99.9% .9 of the time, have no clue. They're just, they, right. they got a you know message on their phone. I don't know exactly how Uber works, except for it's an app and all of that. And they get a mm -hmm. notification, somebody wants to be picked up. Mm -hmm. And then they want to be picked up here and they want to be taken there. It doesn't tell them they want to be taken to the abortion clinic, you know? Right. And, and it doesn't say it's probably not going to share that information either. You know, when she gets into the Uber. That's car. right. That's right. If I, they sometimes do tell me they know they're at a clinic that they're coming yeah. to a preferred women's health center, but that hardly says abortion right. anywhere on it. And they are, I would say most of the time shocked. Most yeah. of the time they are shocked. Um, no, I, I didn't know that. So that was the first thing that this just very intuitive counselor, she did the exact right thing, asked the exact 
correct? First question, did you know this is an abortion center? Yeah. And uh, the driver said he did not. And he instantly glanced in his rearview mirror at the Hispanic couple. Now, they did not speak any English from what I understand. And he was the Uber driver because he was also Hispanic. He spoke Spanish. And so a lot of what transpired, we don't know what he said because right. he's speaking in Spanish to, to the couple. But he's clearly distraught as as he looks in the rearview mirror and and the, the couple in the back kind of squirm. And he asks them in Spanish if they knew that they were going to an abortion center. And my guess is what transpired was that, yes, obviously they knew. Yeah. Um, and there was an argument that that ensues between the taxi driver and the couple in the back seat. And our again, our very smart counselor handed them um, the literature and also, I believe, got Spanish literature into their hands to the taxi driver who instantly gave it to the couple. And um, and she explains to the taxi driver, who is bilingual, he was able to speak English. She explained, well, this is an abortion center. And do you believe in God? The number two question that yeah. I think would be come on the tails of that first question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it. Turns out he did. And as soon as someone says yes, you, the door is wide open for yeah. you to say, well, your, you know, your fare is being paid in part by, um, by someone or it's being paid by someone who is here to kill their baby. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, when you take business that brings you into a place where babies are being murdered, then you're complicit. And I don't know if she said exactly those words. Again, I wasn't there, but something along those lines saying, yeah. you don't want to be pulling into this yeah. place. And with that, you know, I think we, you know, we have to be careful not to come across as like, you know, we're condemning them. We're, we're kind of lumping them in with the mom that's there to kill her baby or with the abortion clinic. I mean, right. they're not working for the abortion clinic. Yeah. So I think there's a there's a balance there. Again, these people don't know that they're coming. They're bringing someone to an abortion clinic. Yeah. But the fact is, they are bringing someone to an abortion clinic. Right. I mean, you can think of a few analogies. You know, if you're um, in Nazi Germany and somebody's telling you to to drive a truck and you don't realize you got Jews in the back of it and you're taking them to you know a Nazi death camp, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, and you're not guilty until you find out, right? And you you, right. Know, you realize halfway down the road there's some Jews in the back, and uh, yeah. you know, you've got a choice to make. Are you going to keep driving the truck to the destination, or are you going to stop and say, I'm not going to be a part of this? That's and, right. Uh, so, you know, th I think that's, that's a good analogy maybe for this scenario. Mm -hmm. But again, we have to be careful. Like, again, these people don't know, so we're not going to condemn them for something they just don't know, but we are going to okay. inform them so that they do know. And then again, they've got a choice to make in that moment. Yeah. And the counselor went on to share how we were going to be able to help the couple in the back seat. And she asked them to the taxi driver to translate, which he did. So she listed the, the resources. She talked about God. She talked about the development of the baby and the driver said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drive them in there. 
He yeah. refused. He said, I will not. I, I won't do it. Now, not all of them do that. Most of them don't do that, to tell you the truth. Yeah. But this man took a stand. He was not. And the the couple in the back kind of threw up their hands and said, fine, take us back to the hotel and we'll call you all to find out how you can help us. Yeah. So it was grudging, apparently, a little bit angry. But um, but they did. They The driver took them back to the hotel. He left. I don't know if they ever called um, our Spanish translator or not, but um, for sure that day, that baby's life was reprieved because of the courageous stand of the taxi driver. And he wouldn't yeah. have made that stand no. alone. He wouldn't to, have made it if we hadn't been there. picture, though, just so people understand, I'm like, this is happening within like 50 feet of the abortion clinic. That's right. right. So yeah. these people could have gotten out of the car and walked into the abortion clinic. It's they not could like, have. you know, they were captive in the car. It's not like, you know, they were miles away from the abortion clinic. They could have just gotten out. And I've seen that happen before. I've seen taxi drivers come. They refuse to pull into the abortion clinic because, you know, they've stopped. <laughs> and when they found out they were not going to be complicit in this in this whole thing, they can't do anything. They can't lock the doors and drive the people back to their, you know, where they picked them up at. So, you know, I've seen people get out of the Uber or get out of the taxi and just walk into the abortion clinic. You know, at that point, I think, you know, the Uber driver, the taxi driver has done all that they can do. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. in this situation, it seems to me, as we say, these people, they're praying for a sign. It seems to me these people took their interaction with the taxi driver or it was an Uber driver. Was it an Uber driver? This one was a taxi driver, I'm pretty sure. They sort of took that interaction as a sign from the Lord. That, that's, that's right. Because, again, if they really wanted to have the abortion, they could have gotten out of the taxi and went into the abortion clinic. They could have. And I think it illustrates another really important point that when we take a stand for righteousness, people notice. And it can sometimes breathe courage into hearts that are wavering. Yeah. And I think that is part of what happened. This this taxi driver was adamant. He wasn't going to drive in there. What they were about to do was wrong. And um and he was not going to back down from yeah. from what he knew was was right. So I think that's an encouragement for all of us that yeah. we need to stand firm on what we know is true and right and what what God would have us do. Yeah, he was well, a hero. Speaking- Speaking of in- encouragement, yeah, the guy was a hero, absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of the word encouragement, you guys have heard me in the past talk about this. You know, to encourage someone is to put courage into them. And that's what we're doing in these situations. Like, we're speaking to these these service people, these Uber drivers, especially like Uber drivers, taxi drivers. And we're speaking courage into them and saying, you can do this. You can take a stand for life. You can speak to them. You can hand them this literature. Because, you know, oftentimes when they do stop, it's it's not that they're rolling down the back window for us to talk to the person they have in the back, right? They're rolling down their window. So we've really, you know, we've really got to speak to them and, and interact with them and encourage them, put courage into them that you can speak to the people that you have in the back of your car. You can give them this literature. So please, please do that. And so yeah. we're we're trying to put courage into them. Yeah. Exactly. So the the second situation was similar. It was an Uber driver this time. But and I think it's a really important little story to tell because he had already dropped the person off. Now, when he stopped for me, I think, again, I don't it might have been a woman. I think it was a man, but he dropped off a worker 
and uh, the worker went in and I called out to the worker, the worker went in and the tendency, my tendency even is get back to my mission and ignore the person coming out. He's already dropped the worker. What good is it going to do to, he's just an Uber driver. You know, he may never come here again, but I didn't that, that time I didn't. Sometimes I have that time. I didn't, he, um, he pulled over, stopped for me. And I started off with the same thing. Did you know, this is an abortion center. And I think he might've known, I think he had dropped this worker at other times. And, um, I talked about what happens in an abortion center And then I handed him the information and I said, listen, um, you may know someone that is considering an abortion or maybe you don't even know right now, but maybe if you hang on to this, I guarantee you someone's going to happen along in your life that is in an unplanned pregnancy, considering an abortion. And I want you to know we help them. We help them with resources and Uh, No matter what situation they face and with a mentorship program, we even do baby showers that provide two full years of of what that child will need. I just would encourage you to take this information. And if you know someone um, that's struggling, would you tell her we'll help them? That's my name and, and my number on the back. So he took the information and said, thank you and left. And that afternoon, I was home from the abortion center and I got a call from a woman um, who said, is this Vicki? Yes. Well, an Uber driver is a friend of mine and he just gave me a pamphlet that he got from you today. And he said that you all help women who are struggling in unplanned pregnancies and thinking about abortion. Wow. And that's my story. Do you, can you tell me what you could do, how you could help? And so I did. And it, one thing led to another. I shared the gospel. She had fallen away from God, but she, and she knew it. And, and like so many women, when she made the decision to abort, uh, it felt like God had abandoned her when yeah. in reality, of course, she had abandoned God. Um, but she recommitted her life to the Lord. She said she was not going to abort. She wanted the mentor. And, um, and so, you know, praise God for that amazing result of the obedience of that Uber driver. But the story didn't end there. She got involved with the mentor. She found out just how much help the mentorship program is. And her cousin was also in an unplanned pregnancy she told her cousin about us, gave the cousin the pamphlet, the cousin contacted me, and it was the same um, ending. She yeah. she wow. also committed her life to the Lord. She wanted a mentor. She got a mentor. And so two babies and two eternal um, lives were saved by handing an Uber driver leaving after dropping someone at the abortion center, but by handing him a pamphlet and telling them about the help that was available. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, a story that I wouldn't have known, um, which is why we do these podcasts. I would think, why bother? Why yeah. bother giving, giving our information to someone who's already dropped the woman? It wasn't even a, a mom to there to abort it. It was a yeah. worker. 
Now, so. here, here's what I'll say. When in doubt, hand it out. Right? Yeah. When in doubt, hand out a piece of literature. Now, we don't yeah. want to just be flinging literature all over the place. You know, everybody that walks by gets literature if we're on like a busy road or something like that. But when in doubt, hand it out. If there's an Uber driver that stops to take it, get literature into their hands. Maybe they did drop somebody off and they didn't know it. Maybe we didn't, they weren't able to stop or for whatever reason they went in, still didn't realize it was an abortion clinic. They come out. I've had that situation happen before. Mm -hmm. I'll still give them a piece of literature. I'll try to encourage them. Can you text that woman and get her to come out and talk to us? You know, I'll try to encourage mm -hmm. them to do that. But yeah. if nothing else, I'll say, well, hang on to this literature. Keep it in your car in case this happens again. You'll know where you're coming next time, right? And uh, you can hand them this literature. So yeah, yeah. that literature is powerful. It, 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 it's, it's seeds that, that we plant that keep on bringing a, an increase, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's the same Uber driver that will end up picking them up. Sometimes they've said, come back in an hour or something yeah. like that. So, um, and you never know. And then you've got a double chance to to hopefully reach reach that woman. Yeah, so um, the next story is a little bit different. Again, one that um, I think the Holy Spirit prompted us to act, but that I probably wouldn't under normal circumstances have said anything to these workers. It was a paving company. It was yeah. a, a paving uh, company truck pulls in. There are a lot of potholes in, in the uh, abortion center parking lot, but that didn't really register to me. At first I thought it was a dad. We do see businesses pull in in their business trucks, pull in yeah. with as the dad, sometimes meeting the mom. But in this case, um, so his the the name of the paving company is on the side, and um, and as he's pulling in, I said, "Are did you know this is an abortion center that you're pulling into?" And he said, "No," and he looked visibly shaken. He did yeah. not. Um, <clears throat> and I went into you know a very similar thing as what I've already told you that I say where I described what happens there, and then I I said, "Are are you a believer?" And he said, yes. And I said, well, what would what would God have you do? Meanwhile, the security people are going nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've stopped a pave, uh, you know, a, a pave, paver uh, truck driver. Um, and they're screaming at me. Just he's he's here to do a job, idiot. Just leave him alone. Let him right. drive in. And I never listened to to them. I, there were no other cars. It it you know they they they're not the cops. And um, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't blocking anyone. The paver wasn't blocking any car from coming in or out. They're just mad that I'm stopping this person. Who they said he's he's got a contract. He's he's about to do business with this place. Yeah. Just let the guy do his job. They're swearing at me, screaming at me, and I hand him our information, and um, and and said, really think about what God would have you do. And they drive in. And so I think, okay, and I go, I go back, I'm ready to start calling out, you know, to, to the moms. And they did a K turn in the parking lot and pulled right out. And as they're driving out, he held up the literature and pointed to the sky, you know, to God yep. um, and left. And they, they didn't come back. The, the paving company left. So we're all just cheering. Security is swearing. Yeah. <laughs> But um, that's not the end of that story either. That Saturday, and Daniel, I think you were the one 
that had this interaction or one of the Saturday people, I heard about it again. I was, I was there, but I wasn't right at the driveway where another paving truck pulled in. So that Saturday, right. Was it you? Yeah. You the one that was was there? Yeah. 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 So same thing. They, they pull in. It sounds like it was the exact same scenario. Hey, hey man, did you know this is an abortion center? And, um, uh, I don't know if they did or not, but no clue. And they had no clue. And they um, they pull in and then did a U-turn and left. Yeah. And left. yeah. And as they were leaving, they said, God bless you guys for what you're doing. And <laughs> you know, took off. So, so, I mean, that story is so great to me because two paving truck companies that chose to glorify God rather than be paid their salary by the blood of babies. That was just such an encouragement yeah. to me. Shortly thereafter was the first four-day weekend that I think I've ever known the abortion center to have. And it maybe it was on the 4th of July weekend. Yeah, it was. So normally they, they take the 4th off if it falls on, you know, a Friday or Saturday, but that's it. Maybe a second day, but it was the a full four-day weekend, we, which I had never seen, and the the parking lot was paved in, in that period of time. So a paving, a paving company showed up. Um, apparently, the, <laughs> the abortion center wised up that, hey, when there's a Christian witness out there, even the workers are yeah. affected by... Um, by the choice to follow God. And we're going to have to do this under cover of night and yeah, cover of yeah. um, when they're not there. Uh, I, I want to reiterate the point I made earlier is that, you know, these people quite likely don't know that it's an abortion clinic and we got to be careful the way that we come across. We don't want to come yeah. across as like, we're just, we're condemning them. We're lumping them in with the abortionist or the abortion clinic in a sense. Um, we want to inform them. You know, mm-hmm. we want to expose Ephesians five eleven, right? Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And really, we're exposing these people, these service people, whoever they might be, to the reality that's going on inside of that building. And before God, they have to make a choice. Now, I'll yeah. share a story real quick, if my voice will allow. Um, okay. This is, uh, man, I don't know, probably 10 years or more ago. I was out there on a Saturday. This is when I was volunteering on the sidewalk um, at that time. And I noticed that people started flooding out of the building, out of the abortion clinic on Latrobe. And I'm like, okay, something's going on here. Uh, something pretty significant. And this is, this is great because people are getting in their cars and they're leaving and, and all of that. Um, come to find out a squirrel <laughs> had um, somehow got on the transformer or something like that and, and kind of made the two contacts connect and the squirrel got fried, but the I power imagine. went out. Yeah. So the power <laughs> was out at the abortion clinic. And so they couldn't do abortions. Wow. This is a Saturday at that time. Sometimes there would be 50, 60, sometimes 70 people there for an abortion. It was a slaughterhouse. Let me tell you. Yeah. And uh, there'd be people parking out on the streets, um, and because the parking lot was so full there for an abortion. So I'm rejoicing. It was being a small team that was out there. We we're rejoicing that you know, these, these babies are not going to die. And then the, uh, the uh, power company truck pulls in or, or pulling in to restore power. The guy stopped and talked with me 
And I begged this guy. He didn't know it was an abortion clinic, but I begged this man, please, this is an abortion clinic. If he restore their power, they're going to begin killing babies again. Wow. This guy, now, and I was as gracious as I could possibly be. I'm not accusing him of anything. He didn't know. Um, but I did plead with him. And uh, this guy was not happy. So just be prepared that some people are not going to be happy. He's like, I'm just doing my job, which I'm like, I understand yeah. that, man. Yeah. I would hate to be in that situation. And, and we really have to understand from their perspective the situation that they're in. They do have a job to do. I, I yeah. get that. Um, but at the end of the day, if that job is going to be restoring the power to a place that, that murders children, they, they've really got to, before God, um, make a decision. And I believe the right thing. I mean, I think anyone looking at this scenario, the right thing, this guy was saying, well, somebody's got to restore the power to this place. I'm like, yeah, of course, somebody has to, but it ain't got to be you, right? <laughs> Let somebody else do it. If you trust in the Lord, trust in him. And again, yeah. I'm trying to put myself in that scenario. I would hate to be in that situation. Could right. you lose your job? You know, certainly, yeah. But again, babies are dying. And so I think we have to balance. We have to be gracious about this, right? We have to we have to not just kind of disconnect ourselves from the situation. We have to realize that we could be in that same situation. And, and you know, maybe some of you guys that are volunteering on the sidewalk, maybe you're an Uber driver. Some people do that on the side. You might be put in this situation <laughs> to imagine this is going to be an easy decision when your life and your livelihood depends on it is 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 likely not true for many of these people. It's their only livelihood. So we yeah. have to we have to meet them with that um, with that in mind. And we have to we have to address them with humility. But again, at the end of the day. Inside of that building, they are killing children. Babies. Yeah. And these service people. Yeah can uh can do something to affect that in some way um so yeah i just wanted to put that out there yeah that's a good story i've never heard that one um there was one that happened recently well i guess about a year ago in in new york city and again it was only related to me so i, I i'm not sure if i have the story totally correctly but it's similar to what you just said it was an uber driver who w had become a new believer and he was going to church with one of our missionaries and he happened to be delivering food maybe i maybe he was a doordash driver but yeah, he was, was he was a doordash driver and so he was delivering food ne actually not at the planned parenthood in new york city but nearby and he saw all those missionaries on the sidewalk and pulled over he said hey what's happening here and they explained what was happening here and he uh he delivered the food and then he he went to one of the moms and he's a new believer. He he was on fire for the Lord with the zeal, all the zeal of, you know, remember when you were a new believer. And and he talked her out of um, killing the baby. And yeah. uh, that baby was saved because the DoorDash driver decided he was going to find out what was going on. The missionaries were more than happy to tell him what was going on. The baby was saved. And he was so moved by what God had done that he now volunteers with them. He yeah. started volunteering with them and apparently he's still with them. He's still yeah. volunteering and very effective. So again, you never know, this might be your future volunteer pool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, the people that pull in. So one of my favorite stories, I think it's our last story, um, was an interpreter. And this was poignant in the same way as you were illustrating, Daniel, as you were saying, be gracious for some of these people. This is really, it is their livelihood. And this this paycheck 
means could mean the difference between the feeding their family or not. And and to try and be cognizant of that, I tend to forget that because yeah. my focus is more on the baby, but I think it is such an important thing to remember. But in this case, this interpreter came, um, she was dropped by her husband and her, they were both, you could tell as, as the husband dropped her, he hugged her, he kissed her. You could tell there was anguish in, in this couple. And I thought she was a mom coming to a board and so started calling out in that, that way. And she said, no, 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 no. She, um, she doesn't believe in abortion. I said, well, what are you doing here then? And, um, and she said, well, I've been, I work as an interpreter and I've been called to interpret for a mom who doesn't speak English, who's here to kill her baby. And I begged her, don't, don't. If if you don't interpret that baby, the, the mom won't be able to go through with it because she won't be able to understand and um, just drive away. And she had a discussion with the husband, but she said, look, I, I'm sorry. I... Oh, this is it. My husband yeah. can't work. He's disabled. This is my job. I can't risk losing this job or getting a bad write-up or whatever. And um, and so I said, look, at, at least can you try and sneak her the literature? Here's yeah. what we do. I explained to her what we do and, um, and told her about, because the information was not in this woman's language. It was an unusual language. I won't tell you because I don't want to get this interpreter in trouble. But um, uh, she did take it. She hid it under her shirt, as we recommended, and um, and she went in. And she was in there a good couple of hours. So we're, of course, sad. Yeah. We thought she probably did her best. And then we see her coming out. And she came right over to us. And she said, the mom is coming out. And I said, did did she kill her baby? She said, no. During the whole time that the interpreter was interpreting, she was not interpreting what the abortion center was telling her to interpret. She knew none of them understood what she was yeah. saying. And she was telling the woman about us, about everything we could do, about God, about that baby, the humanity of that baby, and that she should never kill her child. And the she said, the woman's coming out. And I want to interpret for you all for free on the mobile ultrasound unit. So the woman did come out. She came right over to us. The interpreter brought her on with me and whoever else, uh, the nurse and all, onto the mobile ultrasound unit. The woman chose life, was so grateful. She had she was, you know, in the country, didn't know anyone. I mean, I knew. You, I got it. I yeah. understood the fear that had overwhelmed this woman. But um, with all the things that we offered her, I believe that might have been before the days of the mentorship program and Love Life. But Cheryl Chandler of Truth and Mercy Pro-Life Ministries um, definitely offered her a baby shower. I called Cheryl from the RV and Cheryl said she would love to do the baby shower for this, this young couple. And we, we did, um, it was, um, I remember still that baby shower because they were so poor. Um, but they had this lavish meal prepared. I knew they couldn't have afforded it, but it was like just an amazing meal, which never happens. I mean, yeah. we usually take them out to, 
to uh, the meal, but they were so grateful. They had, they, they, and that, that little boy is now, I think six. And every few months I get a picture in with, with this woman in her broken English, thanking us for having been there along with, it's a group email to me, Cheryl, and the interpreter. And she has remained friends with that interpreter, um, as have we. And, um, and, you know, years and years later, she is still, still thanking us and saying how this young, young boy is just the, the light of her, of her life. So, you know, use the interpreters. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the bottom line center is center like, doesn't know. Yeah. With, with all of these people, whatever capacity they're there, God can use anything. God yeah. can use anything. We don't want to be distracted. Like you started out. We don't want to let these people be our focus, right? The mom's going in and our, is our focus, but right. kind of like that analogy that we laid out that, you know, we're like a lawyer, on behalf of that baby, right? We're pleading that baby's case, Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. We're, we're, we're making a case for those who are unjustly scheduled to die. And uh, we're appealing to the judge, which is the mother, but we're also bringing witnesses, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. those witnesses are the dads. Sometimes they're the you know, friend that brought her friend there for an abortion. Sometimes they're the Uber driver, <laughs> Sometimes they're the DoorDash driver. Sometimes they're, you know, these other service people that are there unknowingly or whatever. And and sometimes they can be called it, with the analogy, kind of in line with the analogy, as witnesses that this baby does not deserve death, but deserves to live. And in this situation yeah. with the interpreter, she was certainly a witness uh, in that baby's case that yeah. the baby deserves to live. And praise God for just the fruit that was born out of that situation. Really? And that Amazing. was a story that we were not able to share for years because yeah. we didn't, you know, it's so far removed now, they'd never be able to figure out who it was um, if they even wanted to at this point. But for years, uh, we were not able to, to share that story, which is true of so many of these miraculous stories. We don't share them on purpose. We don't want to get, especially these service workers in trouble when they have worked so hard to, to fight for that child's life. So it's, it's such a delight to be able to tell that story a little bit, uh, because it is one of the most miraculous things that I have seen happen out there. This is a woman who knew she had to go in, but she was still not going to deny her God. Yeah. And, um, and, and fought for that baby's life successfully. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you yeah. read that scripture that you have kind of at the end of this article that you wrote? Like you guys know, Vicki wrote an article that's kind yeah. of the framework for this uh, podcast episode. Read that scripture, um, maybe expound on it a little bit, and then we'll, yeah. we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah, so it's, it's Isaiah 41, verses 10 through 13. And I will tell you what stops me, and maybe it's what stops a lot of us from speaking to the workers, the service people that are coming in is fear. Yeah. I'm afraid. I'm afraid they're going to they're going to be mad. It is their job and I do feel some you know, there there's some kind of, some angst about that. Should should I really be stopping someone who is putting food on the table? I mean, they're not doing the abortion. They're anyway, so they're I I don't want to talk oftentimes to these service workers. And I think in the point of this podcast is to say, don't ever let fear stop you from doing what God has called you to do. And I think 
quite often he has called us to speak to those service workers. So that verse, Isaiah 41, verse 10 to 13, do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be will be shamed and dishonored. I can't help but think of those security men screaming yeah. and swearing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those who contend with you will not be as nothing, will be as nothing and will perish. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but will not find them. Those who war with you will be as nothing and non-existent for I and the Lord, your God, who uphold you with your right, with my righteous right hand, who says to you, do not fear. I will help you. And bottom line, he always does. He always helps us. It may not be the way you expect. Don't, don't get me wrong. Babies will still die. Service workers will still drive in. But when you take a bold step for God, invariably miracles happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guys, I mean, all through the scripture, be bold and courageous. You guys, the, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You guys that are mm-hmm. serving on the sidewalk, I believe you're 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 the righteous that are as bold as a lion, not a righteousness that you've come up with yourself. It's a righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. But your obedience is stepping into righteousness and being a righteous person. And listen, you guys can be as bold as a lion. We don't need to be timid. We don't need to feel like we're inconveniencing people. Listen, remember, babies are dying, and God mm-hmm. has called you to this mission. So be bold. Speak to these service people. Do it graciously. A, a, a bold, gracious uh, converse, conversation with them can go a long way. And uh, and God's going to use you guys. God is using you guys. So with that, we're going to wrap this episode up. As always, we encourage you guys to reach out to us. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach out to her, Vicky at lovelife.org. Again, I apologize for my voice. I got some allergy stuff going on, but hopefully this episode was a blessing to you. And uh, we look forward to doing future episodes for you guys. So reach out, let us know what are some subjects we can cover. But until next time, God bless. God bless y'all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me gratitude I know it will cost me my life but nothing's too precious since I met you